Welcome to TCN Talks. This is our podcast. It's designed to be a pithy talk of relevant need to know to help you in your role as a hospice and palliative care or serious illness professional. So we're going to jump right into this week's TCN Talks with our great guest, John Locke. John's welcome. Great to have you. Chris, always glad to spend time with you. Yeah, you as well, John. So John's been a good friend for probably 10 plus years now. John, we've known each other um, even back to your days at Mission Health. If you don't mind, why don't you introduce yourself and let our audience know what's the relevant need to know about your background? Well, thanks, Chris. Pleasure to be here today and participate in this very timely podcast. Uh, my background, we don't have time to talk about my checkered background, but as far as relevant, that's the, the key word. Uh, I had opportunity to spend about six years in healthcare, not on the front lines, but in the financial fundraising world, but it gave me exposure to a lot of the frontline professionals and all the issues that are facing healthcare providers. And even to this day, I keep in touch with a lot of my friends from those days. But I uh, have had an interesting background when it comes to just finding ways to help people. I've been in sales and marketing most of my career, but I discovered the world of executive coaching about six years ago and just fell in love with it. And as a result, have dove totally into this whole concept of how can I help people become their best selves, to get the most out of their day, their life, uh, the rewarding career that they're seeking, and most importantly, the relationships that are most critical to them. So I've been an executive coach now for about six years. Uh, I've got a certification a few years ago with a group called the Human Performance Institute in Orlando, Florida, and their corporate athlete program, which I'm going to refer to in some of my comments today. I've also uh, obtained a, a credential with the uh, International Coaching Federation as a uh, ACC certified coach. And I'm just on this continual path to try to learn more to be able to share with people that are important to me and hopefully so they can give their best to the people that are important to them. That's great, John. And actually, today's uh, we'll probably title today's show uh, a key term that you use often, which is from burnout to breakthrough. And I'll probably append to that something that a great nurse friend of mine gave me, which is radical times require radical self-care. So let me kind of set the table in the conversation we're going to have today. Um, <laughs> I can't tell you how many people, and probably you as well, thank God 2020 is over and 2021 is going to be so much better and yet here we are, we probably, we're seeing record COVID numbers, even here in Western North Carolina, where you and I are based, there's Samaritan's Purse is spinning up a mobile hospital in Caldwell County. Many hospitals are at capacity for pa patients dealing with COVID. We had a pretty big challenge at our nation's capital last week. And so I'm not sure 2020 is going to be the panacea that everyone was hoping it would be. Um, but we're not here to be a downer. We're actually here to try to bring some wisdom for people um, to be able to cope with these times. And that's really kind of the main focus of today's show. And I was sharing with you in a phone call prior, John, as we were preparing for this. And I think you said you've known people in healthcare similarly, but we're seeing people, healthcare people walk off shifts, not come back, walking away from their profession, which they poured years of education and training into are saying, I do not want to be by the bedside. Please give me an admin position. And so people like you and I who are natural problem solvers, I look at that and my just heart breaks and say, 
we've got to do something about this. And so I actually have a blog that's coming out and it's kind of going to be titled about that radical times require radical self-care. You know, it's from a great friend, Les Stevenson and RN, who I've admired for years. She works for Four Seasons in town. And so I, I don't want to see these amazing people walk away from the profession. And you immediately came to mind, John, especially because of some of your work with corporate athletes. So let's kind of take it there from burnout to breakthrough. I think you have some unique wisdom that a lot of healthcare people need to hear right now at a time. And some of them, I think they're like, I don't want to hear anything. Don't call me a hero. Um, but I do think that your wisdom kind of cuts to the quick. So why don't you share kind of some of this from burnout to breakthrough, which I think is a, a culmination of just the blessing of you being in all these amazing places and having this unique package of wisdom that I think speaks to what people need right now in healthcare. Well, let's just face it. Uh, first of all, I think it's okay for all of us to admit that we're all susceptible to a certain level of this burnout, regardless of what where we are on the continuum in healthcare. Whether we're behind a desk as an administrator or we're on the front lines, I mean, everybody's feeling that stress right now. So what I'd like to suggest is that we look at this as a pyramid, uh, a pyramid with that with at the top um, there is a, uh, a defined level of we're gonna call this um, spirituality, right? And spirituality doesn't necessarily mean uh, a religion, but it can be a strong faith, but it also can be really your sense of purpose. And one of the great terms that I learned in some of my training is that is a, it's our ultimate mission. Why do we get up every day? Why do we do the things that are hard? For what reasons? Well, it's usually because it's the people that are most important to, our, to us in our lives that we want to take care of, we want to provide for, we want to love. We just want to be there for. So that's at the top of the pyramid. So down at the bottom is actually what we call the physical dimension. So you have four dimensions here. Starting at the top, you have the spiritual, but at the bottom, you have the physical dimension. So going now back up, and I'm doing this purposefully, going back up from the bottom to the top, you have physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, right? So think about when we evolve as human beings, right? We're born as babies. That's a physical presence. Well, what's the next dimension that's developed? It's usually emotional, Babies come out, they start crying, right? They're happy, they start smiling. Well, then they start building some cognitive processing and their ability to talk and actually problem solve and go out there and manipulate parents and things like that, right? <laughs> uh, so again, physical, emotional, and then mental, cognitive ability, and then the spiritual. Those are how we develop as a human being. What's interesting and what we're finding and a lot of research indicates is that um, we need to take care of all four of those dimensions simultaneously, and we've got to find a way to de determine what really is our why, what is our purpose, because without really identifying that and connecting to that regularly, no matter what we do in our physical, emotional, and mental dimensions, at some point in time, we're going to fall off the wagon, right? So we've got to be on this continual uh journey to take care of ourselves at all four of those dimensions. And that's what I think is really the key for us to go from burnout 
to breakthrough. It's the way we manage the energy in all four of those dimensions. In other words, the intentional effort we put forward in each of those. Does that make sense? Uh, I'm just like, I want to high five you through the podcast here. Um, Why well, I love what you just said. Um, in fact, I'm going to take it just to a negative for a second. You know, healthcare people are the absolute worst of caring for themselves. <laughs> Some of the largest psychotropic use of medicines is people in healthcare. And so it's this paradox of they care for people, but yet they don't care for themselves. And why I wanted to take it there first, what you just described is what the hospice model of care was built upon. This belief that human beings are body, mind, spirit, social, emotional component. In fact, in hospice, that's actually why we have an interdisciplinary team of people. We've got docs, nurses, social workers, chaplains, um, CNAs, and volunteers because the whole point was to create a beautiful care model to care for a human being holistically, to create a care plan, a holistic care plan, and walk with them on that journey. Now, isn't it sad that the first model in healthcare that was developed that way was for people at the end of life? <laughs> There's probably some very perverse learning lesson there, but I love what you're saying because what you're saying is we all need that wisdom. We all need to be working on every one of those aspects of our life. Now, when you and I were talking prior, John, can, let's insert some stats because um, there's probably some great data out there. And I know you well enough. You're not a, you're not a walk, but you also uh, you have so much credibility because of all these different places you've been. But can you speak to a little bit of um, some of the people that might go, okay, well, that sounds simple. Is there some data you have to get their attention more of why this is important? Yeah, and let me also just preface this by saying, I want to follow up on your comment, Chris, was this is, this is almost foundational to everything that we're talking about here today. If we can't take better care of ourselves, we have no hope of ever really being able to take care of others. So let that sink into our audience right now. We've got to figure that out. And that's why the physical dimension in that pyramid that I just described earlier is the big platform at the bottom. Without taking care of ourselves physically, we are really just on a crash course to some type of destructive behavior or physical breakdown. Now, let me, let me just tell you a little bit, and I'm going to quote from a couple of different sources. First of all, uh, Jim Lair and Jack Groppel, who are the founders of the Human Performance Institute, studied uh, all types of athletes for about 20 years to see if they could figure out a way to maximize their performance. And they found out that it wasn't just one thing. It was all four of these things that had to be intentionally developed for a athlete to accomplish their ultimate goals. This was easily then translated later into more of the everyday man model, which is you and me, right? We work in offices or we work in some type of uh, organization. But here's what's interesting and what's happening in our world that I think is just incredible. We have this misguided thought that, um, you know, and I'm going to take probably one of the biggest things that's, that struck me when I first started studying this, and that is the chronic inactivity pandemic itself, right? I mean, we have a crisis on our hands with our inactivity as human beings right now. So what I, I and this is actually research, it was an NIH research study that was done and it's documented in the uh, book, Eat, Move, Sleep by Tom Rath, who is a well-respected uh, researcher and also the author of another book, which many of our audience might heard of, is called Strengths Finders. 
Uh, most people have heard of that book and that assessment. But an NIH study uh, several years ago now, it's, it's probably been over five or six years ago, was studying 240,000 adults over a period of time. And they were tracking their different types of activities. And they found the interesting uh, outcome from this that there was a high performing group of folks who averaged seven hours of exercise a week, which sounds like a lot, right? And to you and I, it's like, man, if I can exercise seven hours a week, I'm doing great. Well, what they found is that that group, if they were inactive on top of that set, in other words, they sat around, the folks who sat around a lot, but yet exercise a lot, had have an, I think it was 50% higher rate of dying from any cause than those that are more active. Think of that, 50%. And these are people that are exercising almost like maniacs. Let's say they're, you know, they're running an hour a week or they're lifting weights or whatever. And that, you know, it's interesting to see that this group, too, had somewhere in the neighborhood of like a 30 percent higher increase in their their likelihood that they would die from heart disease. Right. So that is just one study of, of about. And if, if we had a little more time here, I would go through a litany of studies that indicate we're killing ourselves. And not only are we, are we physically shortening our lifespan, but all of this is having an impact day in and day out on our ability to have a quality of life every day, where we feel good about getting up in the morning. We feel rested. We feel energized. And so what uh, the Human Performance Institute and Jim Leffler and, and um, Jack Roppel came up with is this, you know, you, we all need to think about what's important to us and really start focusing on what it's gonna take for us to build energy, so creation of energy and sustaining energy every day. Because think about it, when you and I are in our high energy mode, we're cooking, man. We are looking for people to help. We are coming up, we're problem solving. But you know what? If we aren't feeling well, if we had COVID or if we had the flu or whatever, it's hard for us to think positively about doing anything productive. Right. So yeah. taking care of ourselves physically has to be the number one thing. And so what we are we've studied and what I taught in these classes for about two years when I was doing this uh, internally at, at Dixon Hughes Goodman is the concept of oscillation, which oscillation is if you can think about like and our medical professionals can relate to an oscillator. Right. You know, the oscillation yeah. of the heartbeat. Well, what happens yeah. at the top is stress, right? So right. stress, and then what happens at the bottom? That's recovery, right. <laughs> right? right? Think about that. So what we don't want is that straight line, correct? <laughs> I don't think anybody wants, wants to walk into a room and see that straight line on a, right. uh, on a readout. So we're, one of the key concepts here, and I think one of the techniques that, that is critical for us to be able to, to manage our stress, because stress is a good thing. I mean, we all say, oh, I want to avoid stress. Nope. Stress gets things done. Stress keeps us focused. Stress allows yep. us to accomplish things. But what we, we, we call that creative tension. Right. <laughs> That's our lexicon as we call it, creative tension. Creative tension. But we, what we aren't good is strategic recovery. So what we can do better is throughout the day, so our healthcare professionals are dealing with all this stress throughout the day, what they aren't doing well, even though they're getting things done, is they aren't planning strategic recovery. 
And strategic recovery can be a multitude of things, but it has to be intentional. And here's, here's the key. We can recover in the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual dimensions all throughout the day. And each time we intentionally recover in one, it has a positive impact on the other. That's cool. Wow. Well, just this actually is a pearl I didn't realize you were going to bring up today. John, one of, um, I've got a good friend who introduced an app to me called the, um, um, is it the one minute pause? I believe is the name of it. It's one of the Arthur's I like, John Eldridge. And so it's just very strategic micro pauses throughout the day. And so my wife has been teaching me more. We've been doing more kind of interval training. Um, I'm a get her done kind of guy. I like to, you know, just work out hard and be done. But she's been teaching me more of this interval training, and I'm actually seeing results much quicker. So there's so much in what you're saying that's resonating. Um, you know, as healthcare people, sometimes I think that I think there are a lot of healthcare people like, when am I going to have time to do an hour workout when I'm already exhausted whenever I leave a shift? But what I'm hearing you describe is this this strategy of oscillation, um, and it sounds like kind of weaving it in throughout your day. Am I hearing you correctly? Absolutely. And what I'd like to do is just give the listeners a few tips because I, w- I would love for them, if, if you're listening today and you want to try some of these things, there, there's literally no risk in trying it. You aren't probably going to hurt yourself and it's going to be kind of fun. Some of this may work for a few of you and others it might not work, but something in here you can find. So let, let's just take the physical dimension first because it's the big one. You know, we've got to keep ourselves healthy. Because if we don't keep ourselves physically healthy, the rest of it falls off the table pretty quickly. So here are a couple of keys. The two keys are exercise and movement. Now, people will say, well, those are the same thing, aren't they? No. So strategic movement through the day is one of the single best recovery techniques that we can use. Now, I know a lot of our healthcare professionals are on their feet throughout the day. So that might not be as big for some as maybe the administrators who are sitting behind a computer most of the day. But every every yeah. 45 to 60 minutes, we should get up and do something in what we call small movements, stretches, uh, things that we can we can do that are just move our legs around, et cetera. Get up, you know, do some arm circles, you know, do some legs and uh, arm stretches. I like personally doing a lot of neck movement and stretching my neck. Five to 10 minutes of this every 45 minutes to an hour. And then every two hours, do something which we call large movements, which is utilizing the larger muscles in your body. So uh, walking the stairwells, uh, doing something, you know, squats is my, one of my favorites because I can do it right here at my desk right now. I can do squats. But those kinds of intentional movements are critical every day. And then to your point, adding into that exercise uh, you know, and you you look at the American Heart Association and a lot of best practices around exercise, 150 minutes a week is usually what you're after. Here's the key, though. What we don't recognize is the need to do that type of interval training, Chris, like you've just started. We need to think about at least three times a week doing something to get our heart rate up, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of minutes of really getting the heart rate up and let it rest. So whether you have a uh, you can run or walk fast, or I know today a lot of people aren't in gyms, but you can go out and walk briskly. I just got back from the pool. I was I did a nice few laps, and then I did some time laps to get my heart rate up. So anything like that, three times a week, some interval training. But here's for those of us, and I'm going to speak to me specifically, but those of us who are getting older, strength training is paramount. 
two times a week, we need to do something to really start building our muscle mass because past age 30, we lose one to 2% lean muscle mass every year. And so I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I'm going to tell you, I've lost a ton of muscle mass. <laughs> but so you combine those and that's a great start right there, just in the physical dimension. So John, last segment I want to talk about, because there's some people listening to this and going, I hear these guys, but I just, I can't find the time is Kennedy. And I don't want to say it's an excuse because they're busy, they're stressed, they're working these shifts. And when you and I were talking about, you hit the why. And so I wanted to hear you talk a little bit about the why, because I think without that, um, you know, it was a couple of years ago, I got some bad results in, in my annual physical and I tapped my why, and then I found the habit to create it. I'm a, a man that lives by my calendar. I'm like, oh, I just have to schedule this in my calendar. But if I didn't tap into my why, I would not have made it necessary via my calendar. So I think that there's something about this why. Yeah, it's huge. And so uh, Jim and Jack called the why your ultimate mission. And I love that term. It's like the ultimate reason that I exist on here on earth, right? And so it's worth taking a few minutes to write down the things that are important to you in the form of a mission statement. You know, why am I given the gift to wake up every day? For what purpose and who am I going to serve? To write that down by hand would be a really good first step. And so keep that handy because life gets crazy and the things that make sense today get out of whack tomorrow. But when you can reconnect back to that why and then commit to some what we call routines that you repeat intentionally that then become habits that allow you to work almost effortlessly in that space, we can all then start designing recovery into our day such that we allow ourselves to be our best selves more often so that we can serve our ultimate mission or our big why. And so, again, if it's not movement, then, well, let's just talk briefly about a couple other things. You can pick up the phone and you can call somebody who's, who's important to you, a loved one, a friend. Have a five-minute conversation. Text somebody. Uh, go visit a friend or go help somebody that's not on your radar screen. Those are actually recovery techniques emotionally that can help you get through a tough day. Uh, also, stay abreast of what you're eating throughout the day and drinking. You know, we had this concept of eat light, eat often. There are all kinds of nutritional plans out there, and we don't, uh, we've never really proposed one. And I've, and there's so much controversy about different diet plans. Hey, whatever you're doing, cut down the sugar, eat smaller amounts, right? And eat throughout the day and drink a ton of water. All those are recovery techniques that allow you really to have better mental focus, better emotional stability, and the ability to cope at a level that maybe you didn't think you could cope before. Because it's all about doing a few intentional things strategically throughout the day that will help you uh, recover so that you can be your best self and you can walk away at the end of the day maybe tired, but you're feeling like you've accomplished something and you've served your ultimate mission. Wow, that's well said, John. Well. I want to kind of conclude us because we always want to keep these short and pithy and try to be a very potent bolus of wisdom. And I think you've accomplished that. So let me try to see if I could succinctly summarize this for our listeners. I love that term that, again, I got from our, my wonderful nurse friend, Les Stevenson, 
Radical times require radical self-care. And when I hear that, it reminds me of that old story of the guy in the woods, that Stephen Covey story. He comes along, the guy's in the woods, and he's sawing away, and he's just threatening. And, and the guy says, hey, you know, why don't you stop and sharpen your saw? And that guy says, I don't have time for that. That is so many of our healthcare people. And, and it's one thing to say that parable. I've lived it. I've been there myself. And so, one, radical times require radical self-care. And so those four dimensions that John mentioned, and so starting at the bottom, body, emotional, mental, and then at the top, spiritual, or you could also put slash purpose or your why, your ultimate mission. Um, I think that is just great wisdom for all of us. Um, and then making it necessary in your life. So, John, thank you so much. If folks want to get in touch with you, what's your email? Uh, J-O-H-N period L-O-C-K-E at dhg.com. That's David Henry great.com. Awesome. John, thank you. And thank you for listening to our podcast of TCM Talks.